Y'all pray with me, and let's dive in. Father God, you're so good. You're so great. You're amazing. God, you're God, and we're not, and I hope that we just remember that. God, tonight we're going to get into a serious subject, one that you take very serious. So help us, man, just be real with you in this moment to maybe take what we know and just kind of throw it out and just listen to your voice and listen to some of the things that you've laid on my heart. And God, just just point out, just just grab some things and help us to focus on whatever you have for us. May we listen for your spirit in these next few minutes. So God, just thank you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. Sin. Something we talk about a lot. I mean, we if you were here on Sunday, you talked about it because that was one of the main subjects in our Sunday school lesson was sin. And it's it's something we talk about a lot, but it's something that sometimes we can either misunderstand or or diminish its impact in our lives or around our lives. It's a big deal. Let's focus. Sin is a big deal, big enough for God to separate us from himself that we might live a little bit longer so that we might live forever with him. Like that's literally what happened. Sin caused God to push us out of the garden, to, to, to kick us out. It's a big enough deal that it causes death, disruption, and destruction. Sin is, is terminal. It's the greatest pandemic we've ever known. There's no cure. There's, just go ahead and open it. Just say you're good. There's no, there's no cure. There's no, nothing that we can do to fix it. Sin is a, a big issue. We're born with it, with it as our desire to have my way instead of God's way. Sin is the reason we are in need of a Savior. And so we're going to dive into that for the next few weeks. Oh, tonight we're just going to kind of focus on sin. Kind of, you know, the, the, the basics, but also a little bit more than the basics. And then next week I want to talk about, okay, what happens when we feel like we're trapped in sin? that we get in a spiral, and it's dragging us down. We don't know what to do. And so that's what we're going to talk about next week is how to get out of those spirals. But before we get there, I want to just kind of hit sin, that separate. So here's what we're going to do. I have a question I want you to answer. I want to hear some of your thoughts. Um, and then we're going to watch a video, and I want you to kind of to, to maybe write some things down or something that sticks out to you or, or, or something you learned in that video. And then we're going to kind of dive through a little bit more scripture. Um, and don't worry, we're not going to dive through every scripture that I have on one of those pages. There's a lot, and we're not going to hit them all. But you can use that. It might be helpful for you in the future. So qu question number one, first question, what is sin? What do you know about sin? What, what do people say about sin? Disobedience, doing something wrong. Go for it. What? Yeah, personal desires apart from God. What else? What is sin? What have you learned or heard people say things? Uh, some people will define sin as missing what? Missing the missing the target, missing the mark. A lot of people define sin that way. Anybody know anything else about sin? Who's sinned? We all have. Everybody except Jesus. Jesus was sinless. That's kind of important too. Um, what's the what's the 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 result of sin? Death. 
Simple answer, easy answer, death. What What else? Anybody else? I just didn't pay attention. I walked away. Yeah. All right, so let's watch this video. Take a moment, just kind of, I'm going to focus. Take a deep breath in and be like, I'm going to focus. I'm not going to flirt with my friends. Focus. You're giggling. <laughs> All right, um, and, and let's check this Most out. Most people assume the Bible has a lot to say about how messed up humans are, and that's true. It's also true that the Bible's vocabulary about this topic sounds odd to modern people, using words like sin, iniquity, or transgression. And so the Bible's perspective on the human condition is often ignored or treated as ancient and backwards. This is really unfortunate, because through these words, the biblical authors are offering us a deeply profound diagnosis of human nature. Iniquity describes behavior that's crooked, while transgression refers to breaking trust. And sin? This is actually the most common of these bad words in the Bible. So let's focus on it for a few minutes. Sin translates the Hebrew word chata and the Greek word hamartia. The most basic meaning of sin isn't religious at all. Chata simply means to fail or miss the goal. Like when the Israelite tribe of Benjamin trained a small army of slingshot experts, they could sling a stone at a hare and not chata, that is, fail or miss. Or there's a biblical proverb that warns against making hasty decisions because you're likely to chata your way, miss your destination. So in the Bible, sin is a failure to fulfill a goal. But what's the goal? Well, on page one of the Bible, we learn that every human is an image of God, a sacred being who represents the Creator and is worthy of respect. And so in this way of seeing the world, sin is a failure to love God and others by not treating them with the honor they deserve. You can see this idea in the famous code of conduct given to the Israelites, the Ten Commandments. Half of them identify ways you can fail at loving God, and the other half name ways you can fail at loving people. And the fact that both kinds of failure are combined shows that failing to honor God is deeply connected to failing to honor people. This is why in the Bible, sin against people is sin against God. Like when Joseph refuses to sleep with the wife of Potiphar, he says, how could I sin against God? In Joseph's mind, failing to honor a human made in God's image is a failure to love God. And so, sin is a failure to be truly human. But there's more. A fascinating thing about sin in the Bible is that most of the time that people are failing, they either don't know it, or even worse, they think they're succeeding. Like when Pharaoh wants to build Egypt's economy and protect national security, in his mind, this justifies enslaving the Israelites. He thinks it's good, and he's totally unaware that it's an epic fail. Or when King Saul is chasing David around the wilderness trying to kill him, he thought he was bringing a criminal to justice, until he realizes he's the corrupt one, and he says, so sin is about more than just doing bad things. It describes how we easily deceive ourselves and spin illusions to redefine our bad decisions as good ones. So why are humans such bad judges between moral failure and success? Well, the first appearance of the word sin in the Bible offers an insight. There are these two brothers, Cain and Abel. Their parents had just given in to this beastly temptation to redefine good and evil by their own wisdom, and now Cain is faced with a similar choice. He's jealous and angry that God has favored his brother, and so God warns him, if you don't choose what is good, chata is crouching at the door, it wants you. But you can rule over it. 
So in these stories, sin or moral failure is depicted as this wild, hungry animal that wants to consume humans. And we know how that story ends. The Bible is trying to tell us that failed human behavior, our tendency towards self-deception, it runs deep. It's rooted in our desires and selfish urges that compel us to act for our own benefit at the expense of others. And it leads to this chain reaction of relational breakdown. This is why in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul describes hamartia as a power or a force that rules humans. In his words, we are slaves to sin. He even says sin lives in us so that the things I don't want to do, that's what I do. So with the word sin, the biblical authors are offering a robust description of the human condition. It's a failure to be humans who fully love God and others. It's our inability to judge whether we're succeeding or failing, and it's that deep, selfish impulse that drives much of our behavior. This is not a pretty picture of ourselves, but if we're honest, it's realistic. This is why in the Bible, the story of Jesus is such good news. He's depicted as the creator become a truly human one who did not fail to love God and others. That is, he did not sin. And yet, he took responsibility for humanity's history of failure. He lived for others, and he died for their sins. And he was raised from the dead to offer them the gift of his life that covers for their failures. Or in the words of the apostle, he committed no sin, yet he carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to our sins and live to do what is right. And that's the story behind the biblical word for sin. All right, so what are your thoughts? What stuck out from that video? Go for it. Being a bad kid, yeah, yeah. There's, there's sin isn't just, oh, I knew what I was supposed to do and I didn't do it. There's still sin, even if we don't know sometimes. What else? Was there any images that they see shown that stuck out? The doggy looking thing, monster. It looks like my dog. <laughs> it looks like my dog. <laughs> so, so why did they use that figure to portray sin? Uh, in the story that they were talking about, I think with Cain and Abel, God says, "Hey, look, sin is is prowling around, stalking you, waiting to pounce and devour you." Sin is this monstrous being waiting to attack, tempt you. What else? Anybody else? Y'all both have something? Great. What is it? What you got? Keely, you want to go first? Since you were pointing first. It's not true. If you were pointing like five minutes ago, I was watching. All right, y'all finish your next one. How would you define sin? Here's your next question. 
Y'all can even work together. Here, 10 seconds. Put Elias on. How would y'all define sin? We're going to be simple. What comes up? We're going to sit here for 30 minutes waiting. And I'll just preach this the rest of this message. So we'll wait. How would y'all define sin? Sin is something that attacks you, that can hurt you. Yeah, I like that. You know, in the video they said sin is the failure to love God and love other people. I like that. That's that's pretty pretty good. Anybody else? Anything where you miss God's will, God's plan, God's desire for you, uh, His design for you, you miss it. You know, a lot of people use the the analogy of sin missing the mark. You know, you imagine this target and you're shooting at the target. Well, the thing about sin is usually you're not even shooting at the target, not even the right target. Sometimes you don't even pick up the bow. You just walk off. That's sin. You, you failed to, and you've missed or, or something like that. And they talk about that. Um, as the video put it, sin is the failure to be humans who fully love God and others. It's our inability to judge whether we're succeeding or failing. It's that deep selfish impulse that de- drives much of our behavior our deep selfish desires that drive what we do. Um, another another uh, definition is sin is a word, a deed, or desire in opposition to the eternal law of God. You know, whether it's something you do, think, or, 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 or want, sometimes that any of those things can be sin in the opposite of God's order and God's created purpose, plan, will, etc. Um, so, you can really simplify sin as just failure or missing or messing up, like Genesis was saying. Or you can have one of these big definitions. It doesn't matter. Sin stays the same. It stays still applicable to all of our lives. It's, it's still something we all deal with. Um, in Genesis 3, you know, we do- dove into that two weeks ago on Sunday morning. Genesis 3 shows us you know, how sin entered this world, how, how people had a desire to be their own God. You know, the ser- this little snake, serpent, whatever, walks up, like, hey, look, you know, are you not allowed to eat from all the, the trees? And like, yeah, we're not allowed to, uh, we're not even allowed to touch it. They lied. There's some deception there. So there's both desire and deception. And then there was disobedience they took from it. Desire, deception, and disobedience. And what was the result of all of it? Go back to that easy answer. Somebody said it earlier. The result of sin, death. Desire, deception, disobedience, and death. That encompasses sin. What? So so temptation of desire is kind of where I just needed a D word. Um, There are times when your envy, your desire, your jealousy is sin. I want that, and you, you start to sin before you even ask. But temptation doesn't necessarily mean that it's a sin. Because who was who was tempted? Jesus was tempted. And did he sin? But the Bible says that he was tempted in every way just like we are. 
And if temptation's a sin, then uh oh, there goes our whole savior because he's a sin. So no, temptation isn't a sin. But you can allow your desires to become sin if you focus on them. So does that does that help? Does that make a little bit of sense? Yeah. Anyway. Um Yeah, so so Genesis three showed that they were dissatisfied being in their Savior's arms. They were dissatisfied with being creature instead of creator. They were dissatisfied having everything that God gave them except this one tree that he said. And so they acted on that. Out of their evil, out of this evil desire, they deceived, they practiced deception, they twisted words, they tried to hide it from God, and they disobeyed. And the result was death. So there's there's kind of a, a simple simple thing of sin. Death, disruption, destruction. Sin's sin's a big deal. And we talk about it all the time, but you gotta start thinking about it in your own life. Go for it. Yeah, I, in some ways, yeah. I can see that. You know, because, and, and you can put an analogy on any of this. But sin is crouching at the door, okay, then I better get away from that door. Or I better make sure it's locked so sin can't get in. So, yeah, you can use, use analogies like that or temptation or whatever. Um, temptation is the, I want to see what's outside, you know. Um, but when there's a monster in the, in the dark closet, you don't open the door. All the movies should tell us that, right? All right, anyway, moving on. Moving on. Again, sin is a big deal, big enough for our whole lives to be ruined. How many of you have cried in the last week? I'm looking at this side of the room because I know the answer. This side, maybe not as much, but, or they're too tough to admit it. Either way, sin is the reason you all cry. That we all cry. Unless you're crying for joy. I mean, sometimes that's good. But usually we cry because of pain. The result of pain or the, the cause of pain is sin. The pain in the world, the, the things that we experience, the, the struggles that we have, everything of disruption, of, of destruction in this world is the cause of sin. It, again, sin was a big enough deal to cause God to separate us from himself, from himself so that we wouldn't immediately die. Death is still a consequence, but through Jesus, he created a workaround. Does that make sense? Are y'all, are y'all with me? Are y'all with me? Hey, grab, grab your paper. Grab your pack. Look for the one with verses. Let's make this simple. Let's make this easy. Packets with, the, with scripture on it. Sin and hope is the title on one side. Grab that one. All right, according to the first verse on that page, who has sinned? What does it mean to fall short of God's glory? We missed the mark. We, we sinned. Yes, yes. What is God's glory? We talked about this several weeks ago in some school. I taught it. I remember. God's glory is Jesus. Okay, what does that mean? Heaven? Okay, what does that mean? Eternal life with him? Okay, okay. We're getting a little more specific. That's, I like it. I like it. God's glory is everything that God is and everything surrounding God. So whether it's heaven, Jesus, whatever, that's all God's glory. We were dwelling with God's glory in the garden. Everything was good. Everything was great. There was no pain. There was no issues. We didn't have to worry about cavities. We didn't have to worry about broken bones. We didn't have to worry about mosquitoes. 
That happened after the garden. I don't know if that's true, but I think so. And birds, there's no birds in the garden. Birds are evil. Anyway, moving on. I'm getting, I'm getting distracted. I don't like birds. So Romans 3.23, once again, what does it say? Somebody read that loud. All have sinned. That means you and me, we've sinned. Okay, that's important. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Romans is is six chapters, uh, six books into the New Testament. It's the sixth book. What do you mean? Good point. Good point. They're making the 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 writers Paul here, and he's making a point that all of humanity, and they'll get to Jesus in a point in a minute, but all of humanity, us regular humans, have sinned. God created people. Jesus didn't, and, and we'll, we'll get to that. But anyway, so what is sin? What can we do about sin? Somebody read the first verse in that next section, Romans 6, 23. I have a friend I was talking to the other day that had a freak-out moment over several months of his life about death. He would wake up in the middle of the night panicking because he's like, I'm going to die one day. Think about death. Think about your death, that you're going to die one day. That's, yeah, it's freaky. Don't think about it too long. Like, that's something we have to deal with. How how many of y'all have lost somebody in your life from from death? A lot of us. And it hurts. It hurts a lot, especially when we don't see it coming, especially when, when something more destructive jumps in than old age and cause somebody to die from their dementia. Sin. Your sin and my sin cause death, destruction, destruction. All of it. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. There's a but. It's always important. I love when Mike Harvey's teaching because he'll point these things out. It'll say, but... We need to pay attention to those buts because that means something is happening. This really depressive text just got a whole lot better because there's something that we can look forward to. There's some hope in the passage form. The free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's keep going. What? Romans 3.10? Where's that one at? Yeah. So what, what is what is What's your question? It doesn't make sense? Yeah, yeah. So pretty much what they're saying, what's, what's righteous? This is important, too. So if we've all fallen short of the glory of God, we've, all, we've all fa- also fallen short of his righteousness. What is his righteousness? Anybody know? Just take the first five letters and say that. Right. God is right. He's good in everything he does. He's just in everything he does. He's holy. He's good. He's great. He's righteous. He's above all great. None of us are. So again, it's just that emphasis that, that we don't measure up. We've failed. We've fallen and we've messed up. Again, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 5.8. Look at the next one highlighted. But God proves his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Again, this is stuff we know, 
But if it's not impacting your heart, then you're missing the point. Look at the other page I have, the quotes. I want to look at some of these with you, just to kind of open our eyes a little bit. And the reason there's so much here is because I want to give it to you. I tried to organize it a little bit to where it, it makes sense, where it's in an order that makes sense. Um, and you can take this home and, and, and meditate on it, look at it, pray with it, those kind of things. But look at some of these quotes. Look at this first one. As salt flavors every drop in the Atlantic, that's a big ocean, by the way, so does sin affect every atom of our nation. It is so sadly there, so abundantly there, that if you cannot detect it, you are deceived. That sin is so interwoven in our lives, it affects everything that we do. And when we don't realize it, when we don't recognize it, the devil's winning. There's more in here. Uh, one leak will sink a ship, one sin will destroy a sinner. Uh, look at the fourth one. One great power of sin is that it blinds men so that they do not recognize its true character. There's so, several more here that you can look at, and, and we might look at more in a second. I don't know, but um, this, is, this is huge. What does it take to come to Jesus? Go back to VBS. What does it take? ABCs. What are the ABCs of salvation? Admit to God what? A sinner. Why do we need to admit to God when we're a sinner? Why can't we just, hey, hey Jesus, we love you, thank you, I'm saved. Why, why is that A important? You don't need a Savior unless you're in trouble. One of the other quotes down here, right, right here, if you want to look with me, too many think lightly of sin and therefore think lightly of the Savior. Jesus doesn't matter to people who don't really think that they're in trouble. We have to recognize sin is a big deal in our lives. Even if we're already saved, sin is still an issue. Let's continue with the scriptures because it doesn't have to be too terrible, too terrible. Romans 5, 8, again, we read that one. God proves his own love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 10, 9, eight, uh, Romans 10, 9 through 10, so that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. Again, this bridge has been, been this gap has been bridged. There's been a connection for us to connect with God once again, for our sin to stop separating us, for our sin to stop destroying our lives, and it's through Jesus. And all it takes, ABCs, ABCs. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, Romans 10, 13. See, this is our hope. Jesus is the only cure for sin. And we have to recognize that. Uh, I remember Mike Harvey was doing a study. I don't know if it was Yam or if it was y'all or something, but he taught it in such a way that it, it made me realize something. Jesus preached this massive sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And he, he said things like this. In fact, let, let, me say, let me say this. Okay, don't kill your brother or sister. Don't murder. How many of y'all have murdered? Only a few. That's good. But most of us have it. That's good. And then Jesus was like, look, Emily, if you ever even have even been mad at somebody, you're guilty of murder. Jesus said that. Go look. Matthew 5, 6, and 7, one of those chapters. <laughs> Jesus was serious about sin. 
And he said, look, if you've ever even been angry, if you've ever even hated your brother, you're guilty of murder. He didn't say you actually took somebody's life, but you had the, the hatred, the, the anger, the, the evil in you. And then he ended that sermon with, all you have to do to be saved is be perfect. But if you've hated, if you've ever been angry, if you've ever lusted, too late. So how can I be perfect? How can I be saved if I've done all this? How, how many of y'all have ever read your phone instead of reading your Bible? Or not read your phone, used your phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many of y'all have played on your phone or games or whatever excessively? Let's all be honest. Okay, then you broke another Ten Commandments that says don't worship any other gods. Because you all of a sudden put something else as priority over family, over God. I'm not saying that every time you pick up your phone you're sinning, but often when we're just scrolling, we're so engulfed and wrapped with the worship. We're letting that take all of our attention. So how can we be perfect? How can we be saved? We can't. Jesus is the only way. So we have to realize that, that even the small things in our lives are sin, and every sin's a big one. God doesn't look at us and be like, okay, John lied, Emily murdered. Okay, I'll forgi forgive John, but Emily, we're just going to throw in the, the fiery dumpster or whatever. No, no, every sin, every sin is for, for uh, results in, in the separation. It, it's huge. It's huge. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Yeah. Yeah, because especially if I'm here. If I'm not here, if you skip like Brother Mike's sermon, it's not as bad. But if you skip like Sunday school with me, God will, let God fix it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no. I, yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So what happens if you skip church? Did you sin? Why? Not necessarily. Oh, you changed your answer, sort of. It depends. If you watch the sermon. Yeah, yeah. So, so if you didn't come tonight because your mom got sick and you need to take care of her, did you sin? There you go. You're loving. And sometimes that means we can't go places or can't do certain things. It's okay. What if you don't? What if you miss a note while we're singing singing a song? <laughs> Are you, is that a sin? <laughs> so what? What makes a sin a sin? The reason why you're doing something. The reason why you're doing something. So you skip church because you just want to play your video game all day long. Okay, again, that's, that's worship. That's, that's, that's idolatry. You're worshiping something else other than God. It's taking the priority of your life the most of your time. You're missing notes on purpose so I can distract people around me. Okay, now you're, you're stopping other people from encountering God from worship. See, it's all about the why. What, what you got? I'm not saying every time you play video games and every time you hang out with your friends is bad. No, no, I, I did that plenty of times, and I'm perfect. So, um, in fact, there's a there's a 
There's a scripture on the front page that talks about what I just said. First John 1 something, 8 through 10, or the fourth one down. Yeah, if you say you have no sin, you still sin, pretty much is what it says. No, so not everything we do, not, not every time we skip church or play games or pick up our phone, that doesn't mean you're sinning. It's the why behind it. And it's, it's, it's you know, we got to look at our priorities sometimes. But going back to what we were talking about, Jesus said, hey, be perfect. And if you can't, don't worry, I've got you. Because Jesus came to save us all. These five verses that we read, Romans 323, 623, 5-8, 10-9-10, and 10-13, are called the Roman road. If you're going to memorize any scripture, memorize those five. Because with those five verses, you can explain everything you need to know, everything somebody needs to know to a friend, to somebody, and help them come to Christ. Because what ABCs admit, everybody's A, we'll stay without stay on A. Yeah, so sinners, we've all fallen short. The result of sin is death. And now B, there's a Jesus. And he did something special. He gave us a free gift through his life, through his death, through his resurrection. That he's the son of God. He did something. And see, yeah, I'm saying. But if we, if we don't, if we don't understand or if we don't take sin seriously, the other two are going to get confused. The more you take sin seriously in your life, the more you're going to be able to come to Jesus. The more grace, the way Paul put it is, hey, the more that sin abounds, grace abounds all the more as well. Because when we recognize sin, we can run to him for forgiveness. When we recognize that we are lost and we are broken and we are messed up, we don't have to get down and depressed about that because Jesus was like, hey, I know you've messed up. But I did everything I did so that you don't have to deal with that anymore. You don't have to feel the guilt, the condemnation. You don't have to feel no shame anymore. There's this thing called forgiveness, and I'm giving it to you. All you have to do is receive it, to accept it. To be clear, we all sin. We all fail. We all try to be our own God. We all try to make our own decisions to control our own little worlds and treat others poorly. We've all inherited the consequences of sin, death, destruction, disruption. But Jesus offers permanent rescue from that. Doesn't mean we're not going to struggle anymore. We'll talk more about that next week, the spirals that we get in with sin. When we feel like we're stuck and trapped in a sin or sins or, or whatever. But we all struggle with sin, but we all also can have a Savior too. And we can go to him anytime, every time. If anything, even if it's again and again and again, he's not like standing there like, I can't believe you did that again. No. He's like, hey, let's let's just walk together. It's going to be okay. Let's talk about it. We all struggle. And so next week, again, we're going to go deeper into this sin discussion. But we have to start with the simple word, sin. Vaughn. Caldwell taught our high school guys or guys class uh, Sunday, and we talked about 
Is it just sin? There's another word. Anyway, what's the middle letter to sin? I. When it becomes about I, sin. Pride, another one. Middle letter is I. When it becomes about I, sin. Our lives shouldn't revolve around ourselves. No, God created us so that we could walk with him and our lives can revolve around him. And he'll give us the desires of our heart. That's another scripture in Psalms. Romans 8.1, what does that say? Somebody look at it. It's the last, last highlighted there, last one that's highlighted. So we've all sinned, we've all messed up, but a Jesus showed up, a son of God. He lived, he died, he rose again for us, that if we believe, confess, boom, we've been redeemed, and there's nothing that can change us. And therefore, everybody that's in Christ, there's no longer any shame or condemnation. What does condemnation mean? We've talked about this before. It's okay if you don't remember. I'm not, I'm not judging you or anything. I'm trying to remember it as we go. Anybody help me out? What's condemnation? Passing judgment. That, that you are condemned. You are done. You are guilty. Boom. Condemnation. We are no longer declared guilty. We are no longer, you know, we don't have this, this, uh, uh, what's that blade that comes down and cuts people's heads off? Guillotine. There you go. We don't have that hanging over us anymore. Yeah, yeah, guillotine. Uh, my sister, I think, got her husband a guillotine for his birthday. Is that what that was? Yeah, yeah, he got a guillotine. Isn't that so cool? Is it's about this big. Well, it's, it, didn't, you don't know that says, Paper cutters are called guillotines. I didn't either. <laughs> Me neither. But anyway, all right. I'm getting distracted. Look, we have to, have to, have to, have to recognize that sin is a is a major issue in our lives. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. All right. Get off the guillotine. But uh, we have to recognize that sin, even though we're saved, even though there's no condemnation, that's still a big deal. That God considers it a big deal. And therefore, it should drive us toward Jesus all the more, all the more. And so tonight, before we go any further in this study, I, wanna, I want us to all just kind of get right with God, to kind of get on the same page. I, I know I've briefly talked about this before. What does amen mean? So uh, several things that, that people throw out. It means uh, uh, so be it or kind of like the end or or, you know, kind of, you know, wrapping up. You break it down, language, whatever, all that. I want to say the same thing as you guys. Amen. That I am agreeing with you. I agree with you guys. It's not, God, I want a Ferrari. Please give it to me. Amen. It's going to happen. That means, so be it. That means, no, God, I want what you will. I'm going to say the same thing that you're saying. I want the same things that you want. And God, if that's a Ferrari or something, that's great because I can sell it, make a lot of money, and pay off some things I need to pay off. Amen. So be it. I want to say the same thing. We need to say the same thing that God says about our sin, that it's a serious thing, that we need to pay attention to it, and we need to run to Jesus when we do recognize our sin. Next week, we're going to talk about how to combat sin, how to get out of the spirals, but before we do that, we've got to start with the A, admit. 
confession. Repentance. Saying the same thing about our sin, which just means coming to Jesus, be like, look, I've messed up. I recognize it. And I want to just say I'm sorry. Grab your Bibles. Grab a Bible. Psalm 51. Psalm 51. I'm looking for it. Here's what I'm going to do. Psalm 51, page 306, if you're in this orange-brown Bible. It's browner. (laughs) Psalm 51. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read the first, like, five verses as a prayer. I want you to kind of pray them with me. Then we're going to kind of go into a time of just reflection where you can either, like, continue praying this passage or you can kind of maybe go to some of the scriptures I've printed for you all or maybe some of the quotes, and just kind of meditate and talk to God about sin, the sin in your life, the seriousness of sin in your life. And then after after a little bit, we're going to just kind of spend some time in worship. We're only going to do a couple songs, um, and if you have to leave, you have to leave. It's all good. But tonight's an opportunity for you to remember maybe these five, six verses that we talked about, and just to be real with God to say the same thing that he says about sin, about Jesus, about our lives, about redemption. So so let's pray this. Father, hear us as we as we pray these words. Starts with be gracious to me, God. Some translations say God have mercy on me according to your faithful love. According to your abundant compassion. Compassion Blot out my rebellion, erase it, do away with it. Completely wash away my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. For I'm aware, I'm conscious of my rebellion and my sin, it's always in front of me. I I know about it. And against you, God, you alone, I've sinned. I've done evil, this evil in your sight. So, God, you're right, you're correct, you're just when you pass sentence, and you are blameless when you judge. Indeed, I was guilty before I was born, or when I was born. I was sinful when my mother conceived me, but from my birth I've been sinful. So, God, over the next few minutes, whether we choose to read the rest of this chapter or look at some scriptures or just talk with you, may we recognize that we have some sin to confess in our lives. Big, small, it doesn't matter. The times that we just ignored you or chose something over you or, or got angry at your created individual, created in the image of God, we treated you poorly or others poorly. God, we failed. So God, in the next few moments, may we continue to confess our sins, but God, may we also be encouraged. May we also Man, be shown the hope in Jesus. God, comfort us with your love, with the redemption that you've given us. May we say the same thing about sin that you say.